from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Ben O'Connor, and this is The Skinny. From the Fatheads Eyewear Studios in Speedway, Indiana, this is The Skinny. Brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, General Tire, and Dream Giveaway. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Toyota. Welcome to The Skinny. Once again, Ken Stout and Michael Young sitting alongside and have a very good friend here in the studio who spends a lot of time here in the Indianapolis area as well. He is the VP of Sales and Marketing for Impact, and I never know whether to say Impact Safety, Impact Racing, but you'll get the gist of it all said and done. Welcome to the show. Ben O'Connor is with us. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Great, man. Thank you very much for coming out, and uh, we'll get a chance to pick your brain and find out what uh, what's coming up in the world of safety. But uh, as you guys describe yourself to fans at home listening in, what is the proper description for the company? I think, you know, we, we manufacture safety equipment for motorsports, uh, mostly driver safety equipment, helmets, suits, uh, shoes and gloves. But we also manufacture automotive safety equipment as well, restraints and uh, seating, uh, things like that, so... So the company originally started off by some guy named Bill Simpson. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we've lost him since. Um, very, very important to our industry, of course. And then it uh, made its way to, uh, to Robbie Price, uh, or Robbie Pierce. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then was eventually acquired by Sparco, if I'm correct, correct in that. Yeah. But you guys operate uh, as though you're an independent. Yeah, correct. We're, we operate as our own entity. That's correct. 
So um, it's interesting the story of Impact Racing and, yeah. and, and and Impact and how it all started. Safety is one of those innovations that consistently grow and it changes. And as I'm not sure when you started with the company, but I know when Bill started the company and, and what its focus was on, it's it's like a moving dartboard that safety mm-hmm. is constantly evolving and changing, but you never get to the finish line. If if that makes sense, it's always, right. it's always changing. And yeah. it, that's the most difficult part about, I think your industry is, is finding that new thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like to say we reserve the right to learn, right? Yeah. You're, you're always, you're always learning. You don't know what you don't know. Uh, anytime an event happens, you know, you look at that and you evaluate things and you look for ways that you can improve on, on what, on what you're doing. So yeah, you're, you're right. It's a constantly evolving. So let's say there's, uh, an entire year in, in the various forms of motorsports and, and the people that you serve. And there's nothing really that traumatic of, of an incident that, that, that you could go, Oh, there's something we can learn from that. Is there, is there something to learn from every crash, every incident, even though it might be a minor incident? Yeah. Yeah. I would say definitely, you know, there's always something you can learn from every, every event, every incident. It's no matter whether you have access to, to what happened and things like that. But, but even behind the scenes, you know, even without that, you're, you're still always constantly developing and it may be something as simple as maybe trying to make the the equipment more comfortable, right? Maybe it's not necessarily directly related to safety, although something being comfortable is certainly uh, related to safety in terms of ergonomics. If, if the driver's more comfortable he's more focused on the task at hand and of course the best way to prevent injuries prevent an event from ever happening right so so we're always looking at ways to improve the, the comfort of of the items as well so that means lighter fabrics maybe softer lighter fabrics for the suits uh comfortable interiors for the helmets lighter helmets comfortable gloves uh, you've seen a transition over the years from gloves that were more traditionally sewn where the seams are inside the glove to now they're on the outside in many cases, uh, and that's all to just prevent bunching up. And that's little stuff, but, but it has a profound effect on the driver and their performance. They may not even realize it. It's subconscious, right? But, if, but again, if they're not worried about, if they're not fidgeting, right, they're more focused on, on the driving, and, and that makes them a safer driver. And that's just for them, everybody around them too. So, I'm curious. Uh, you guys deal with FIA all the time. Um, no, no, not not as much. Little bit in FIA. We're mostly SFI. SFI. And, and, and okay. Yeah. So so to get those um, those requirements completed, I'm kind of curious if if all of the safety companies collaborate and work together to some degree, or is everybody running their own path, just trying to advance what they can inside of their walls? It, a bit of both. There are certain from a from a broad stroke perspective, there are organizations like ICMS. Uh, that a lot of the safety manufacturers are a part of, where we'll meet at councils, uh, maybe annually, to have an annual council and discuss various different things. And, and the people involved in that, that council are people from all walks of life, you know, medical experts, manufacturers, racetracks, uh, safety personnel from the racetracks. And, and the purpose of that is to, to discuss various different topics and, and learn from each other in the world of safety. Um, you'll pick up all kinds of stuff, you know, doing that. But then there is also, of course, that, you know, that independent, you know, strive ourselves to, to better ourselves and, and find and learn new things as well, particularly in the area of, I would say, uh, uh, of helmets. So, so while you have this council where you may discuss the effects of concussion so you can learn 
a little bit more from the science aspect of it, then we take that information and we'll go back and say, okay, how can we build a better helmet based on these things that we learned, you know, in these, from these conferences and things like that. So, so that's our job is to build a better product. But, you know, as a council, we, we all learn from each other that way. So I'm curious who comes up with the bar. Who does SFI set the bar? I mean, do they do their homework or do they go to the safety safety companies like like yourselves and say we need this product to be 10% better than what it is now or we believe that if you were to construct something in this manner it's going to make it better that's going to be our new rating how how does that take right. place how do they how do they make you guys toe the line or do you bring them ideas and they say wow that's great that's going to be the bar right there it, typically it's more you know we have toe the line Right. Typically, they're setting the standards in, in most cases. There is typically feedback uh, periods for certain things, particularly if you look at Snell on the helmet side, they'll announce proposed changes and then and they'll take feedback from the manufacturers based on that saying, hey, this is this is. Yeah, maybe it's possible it's cost prohibitive, you know, or, or, or something like that. Uh, or no, here's why we feel that, that this won't work and it's not actually making it safer because maybe we're making this thing safer, but it's going to have a downside effect in another area. Uh, but for the most part, you take SFI, Snell, FI, they set the standards and then the manufacturers meet, meet the standards. And it, it, I'm sorry, it is a pricey, it, it is a pricey stamp, right? I mean, to get SFI um certified for your products I, I remember bill back in the day battling with those guys to some degree yeah. over some of the hardware and the stuff that that he felt was sufficient but had not gone through the sfi process but to go through the sfi process really raised the price of everything that he was he was selling across the board so i, I guess what i'm trying to relate to the fans at home is this is no easy task that you guys yeah uh, have to get through yeah yeah and it's not and the challenge isn't so much that any one thing isn't very expensive it's the thousands of things that that of course you have to get through the standards yeah so right? i it's mean for example like a hans device yeah. there's a number of different items on that device that has to be certified right i mean from the clips to the straps to the device itself right. i mean there's a you think of it as oh that's a hans device one piece but it's not really broken down that way is it yeah, no, exactly. There's many things that they test. So again, you take you look at a helmet, for example. When when you do helmet testing, we don't just send a helmet. We sell multiple helmets, right? Seven, eight helmets. And because they need to do a wide variety of different testing on the helmet. It's not just impact resistance, right? It's it's you know, fire resistance of the interior. It's how strong the anchors are in the helmet for the FHR so they don't pull out of the helmet. Uh, it's, you know, shield performance. It's, it's all, it's a plethora of different things, right? So, so when you look at that, you know, from a manufacturer's perspective, we have to build multiple helmets to send them. Of course, that takes a little bit from production, right? When we're doing that now, that's just, you know, one style of helmet. Now you've got several different styles of helmets that you have to go through. And it's not an inexpensive process. It, it is fairly expensive. That testing process is. Um, so, yeah. I've always found it fascinating, the safety restraint, how it's been, basically the same since the very beginning but you guys have evolved the yeah. safety restraint and it's interesting something that you look at and say oh how can that be any better right you, you made it better <clears throat> it is fascinating that you picked up on that it is i tell people that all the time it's from its basic element it's probably the original piece of safety equipment i mean you look back at motorsports you know in in uh, other than maybe the helmets right 
Um, but it, it's probably one of the most simplistic, but yet most complex in terms of everything that goes into it and how it interacts with, with the human body, you know, the biomechanics of it. And that's, those are the things that, that we're always learning and, and looking to improve. You know, 10 years ago, nobody would dream of using a two inch restraint in motorsports, right? It was unheard of. People were scared to death that they weren't strong enough, that you just, you had to have that. And I don't know for sure where that came from, but can only assume that that goes back to people. So at some point, someone took a set out of a piece of military equipment and said, hey, we could use these for motorsports. This would be really great, right? And, and it was done for the strength. The textiles that advance so much that strength's not even an issue. We contested the very, very highest standards of requirements by, by SFI, FI, whoever, and meet it with the two-inch restraint, no problem, typically to the point where the hardware usually will fail before right, the strap does. But, but what we've learned is the importance of you know, where the restraint sits in your, in your hip, right? how it sits down that hip pocket so that you can A, get it tighter, and, and prevent things like a pelvic tilt in a forward event, right? which creates, which you can get back injuries from. So things like that and how that affects and how they sit on FHRs, FHRs changed a lot of that as well. Uh, you want them to be narrow, so they sit better in the FHR device, but it also keeps it closer to the neck, uh, which which helps prevent uh, sternum injuries because you're keeping things closer center in how belts are mounted, angles like that, and whether you know you're going for your typical five point to a six point. Ken and uh, Robert can definitely attest to the you know the advantages of going to a six point restraint over a five point, right? Have Robert having experienced the. Uh, uh, in injury from a five-point restraint, um, and the different ways that that they're mounted. So yeah, no, it's there's a lot that goes in restraints. It's it's pretty fascinating, and then just the adjusters and you know where they fasten and all that. Ben O'Connor is with us. He's a wealth of information to give you a look at what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to safety and the development of for the products that we all use here in the motorsports industry. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back on the other side. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Dream Giveaway. Dream Giveaway has been giving away high-end American muscle cars to raise money for charity since 2007. Dream Giveaway is known for giving away classic and new muscle and paying the federal taxes so the winners don't have to. For $25, you can jump in the game, and part of that goes to charity. You'll have a chance at winning some of the coolest cars on the planet. Check it out at dreamgiveaway.com. Welcome back to The Skinny. We have Ben O'Connor with us here, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Impact, and uh, some great insight behind what it takes to get the products approved that they sell to us to make sure that they are to the proper standard. And, of course, it's a, it's a wide variety of product and a wide variety of standards if you don't necessarily need some of those certifications. Uh, as we talked to you, and, and you were mentioning the shoulder straps as – They've gone back to the two inch and they lay in, lay in the channel now. And uh, as you mentioned, very, very strong. Uh, we've been in a couple of situations. You, you mentioned my son, Robert, and we just had a situation even a little bit earlier this year where I was able to watch courtesy of an onboard camera, something I'll give you, Carl. We, we, we can use this uh, in the video portion of the show. But uh, he went over a, a big tabletop in the UTV, landed flat, overshot it, landed flat. And when he landed flat, a number of things happened uh, simultaneously uh, that put him in a really bad situation. And yeah. he had done everything properly in terms of getting in the car. He has the latest equipment, courtesy of you guys. And uh, things were as tight and as good as proper as they could possibly be whenever he left. But when he landed, the compression, the, the, the cushion in the seat compressed. Uh, his spine <clears throat> compressed mm -hmm. to some degree. Yep. Uh, whenever those two things happened, the shoulder belts immediately became loose now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking a couple of inches easy, yeah, right? If, right? If not more. Yeah. And the steering wheel, when he is sitting in, in the car and the steering wheel is here, he can move his head about halfway yeah. to that right. steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. But during this yeah. process... His face hit the steering wheel hard enough that it popped the face mask back open. Yeah. And it was quite, I mean, and he's here wearing a, a head and neck restraint device. All the stuff. He had all the proper stuff on. Yeah. But it was absolutely mind-boggling to see how much the body compresses. I know it right. conversely stretches. Yeah. You know, when yeah, people are in a sure. barrel roll or flipping, you know, how much does the human neck stretch? It's inches, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so you look at, you know, FHR device is a really good example, right? And the purpose of this is, is to prevent a basilar skull fracture. Basically means written skull separates from the neck. And, but, but your head can move, stretch your neck an amazing amount before that's really an issue. So these devices are really just to limit that very extreme motion per, to prevent that type of injury. Uh, it's, it's interesting that you say what you said, because we've seen footage over and over similar things where a driver's helmet will, will hit a, a doghouse that's maybe, you know, elbow level over 
13 inches and then get back in the car and replicate and can't move more than six inches, no matter how hard they try. So it is fascinating how much the human body moves. One of the things that we stress a lot, and it's, this isn't directly related to a specific product, but when you're laying out your car, the importance of making sure that there aren't things in the way that, that you could hit because your body moves so much. Um, you know, one of the things that we've seen is uh, things like battery cutoff switches and things like that where people's knees getting, you know, injured because they'll hit a switch on the dash or something you don't think about because you really do move around a lot in an event. It's it's pretty fascinating. I, I crashed a pro buggy. Uh, this is probably around 2014 or 15, somewhere in there, uh, and didn't flip. Just two of us got together midair, landed sideways. Uh, it was it was it was a rough moment, but could have been. Matter of fact, I thought it was going to be way way worse. But when I got out of that car, I felt like somebody had beat the hell out of me with a pipe. I had a right. big gouge out of my shin. My elbows were beat up. My shins were beat up. I mean, like you say, I mean, I, I felt like I had hit every device inside of that car. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's pretty crazy. Um. To to think about all the all the things that that the body does hit inside of one of those things. I mean, I ended up with elbow pads and. And shin guards, you know, just to go yeah. racing again, right. which a lot of some of the guys do, some of the guys don't. But yeah, it's it's pretty amazing how much we we move around inside of these things, despite doing everything as best we know yeah. how. Yeah, it's why you know containment such an important thing. We talk a lot about containment, you know, and, and keeping the body contained in that. So you'll see in NASCAR and other forms of motorsports now, where they're really they're having poured seats. You know, they have the halos around them. I mean, they're really in a cocoon, and that really is to limit those types of motions, those, those things that can happen. But, you know, in everybody's everyday race car, even if they don't have the, the funds to do that, you know, it's just take some time and look around the vehicle and your setup and, and look at things that may become problematic. Pad stuff that you wouldn't normally think about padding. Everybody thinks about padding, you know, the roll cage and things around the helmet. But what about your legs, your knees? Just, just like you said, your shins get banged up because they're hitting it underneath of the dash. Things you wouldn't even think about, you know. But when you're flipping upside down or a barrel roll, your extremities are flopping around everywhere, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you got you to gotta think about that stuff. Is there a near-perfect safety device? I, you know what? I would say that, that that's a pretty open-ended question. But if you had to pick one, I'd say the FHR is pretty damn good. You know, that that probably original Hans design, you know, that that concept really is responsible for saving a, a lot of lives. Um, uh, there, there are certainly other things that are groundbreaking in the industry that are that are right up there. But I don't you know, again, it goes back to what we said about nothing's perfect. You're always evolving. You can always learn. You can always change things. But uh, that that's pretty darn good. Uh, uh, suits. You know, the, the driver's suits, you know, they've gotten to be pretty darn good. But again, you, you can't have too much protection in terms of time, you know, which is what you're, which is what you're looking for in a, in a suit. Right? You, you talked about the, the gloves at the top of the show and, and taking the seams from the inside to yeah. the outside. What was the, the, the revelation that someone thought, oh, let's do it on the out. What, what caused that development to happen? I, you know, I wish, I wish I could say we did, but we didn't. That, that wasn't one of those things that we came up with, but we certainly understood the reasoning for it when we saw it. It was one of those, oh, of course, you know. Well, I think what happened is, is one of the things, gloves are sewn inside out. That's how you naturally, that's how you make them. So I think what probably happened, someone at some point said, wow, this feels really good without having all that stuff. 
inside. But originally, it looked really odd. It looked unfinished. It didn't, right? People, you tend to look at it, oh, that's not very good looking. Well, now it's become the standard. Now it's cool, right? Now you see it, it's like, wow, that's really cool. You got external stitch gloves. That's awesome, right? But there's a science behind it, too, right? It has a practical purpose because it does. It doesn't bunch up on the fingers as much. You know, it's like you'll see uh, silicon embossed fingers and, and palms now are become pretty, pretty standard. You instead of leather, and, and that's just for extra grip and, and much thinner, so you have that better tactile feel of the steering wheel, right? Better, better connection between driver and vehicle. Uh, so, so again, those are the kind of things that aren't you wouldn't typically think of in terms of direct safety, but certainly having a better grip on the steering wheel, better feel on the steering wheel is going to make a better driver again, you know, better focus at what you're doing. So. I'm blown away. Uh, I mean, the, the one thing that I think all the fans can see on a regular basis is how the seat development has progressed. I mean, you see that in Cup. In IndyCar, you don't see it because, as you mentioned, the, the seats are poured. Uh, yeah. The guys literally sit down in, in a solution, and, it, and the seat is molded around them, but you never really get a chance to see that. I do know in talking to some of the, some of the doctors there and uh, emergency personnel with IndyCar, how things have gotten better, the halo around their head and the padding mm-hmm. to keep, you know, to keep their head from being in, for lack of a better description, a paint shaker, if you will. Um, but as you take a look at, at the drivers in NASCAR now, their heads are almost, yeah. almost wedged into that seat, yeah, you know, right. to, to stop that motion. So if they do yeah. barrel roll, the big run, you know, if you're over here and you've got some gap, that big run whenever you hit right. is, is tough. But when you take it all away, uh, now your head doesn't have a chance to move around and kind of stabilize your eyes, if you will. I mean, it, it's, sure. you, you have the, the minor vibrations inside, which, which affects your vision. It's, it's pretty cool to see how far they've come yeah. to tackle both ends of that. Right, right. Yeah, of course, you know, in that situation where they're really tight like that, again, it's about containment and limiting body motion. Right. But in that particular scenario, you know, if it's really tight like that, too, they could be really detrimental. Say if you had a bent drive shaft, <laughs> you right. wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it would be so bad, right? It'd be terrible, right? So, but, but the offset or the, the benefit, you know, far outweighs that, that, that possibility. But then you look at different forms of motorsports, right? And there's no one size fits all solution, right? Poured containment, high containment seats don't work well in, in, in certain forms of sport, like, like off road. You know, they, they actually need that little bit of motion, need to be able to move around a little bit uh, more so than you would in a situation like that because the vehicle is transmitting so much energy to the driver, right? That would be a scenario where, you know, the halos are becoming somewhat popular in off-road, but you, you have to be really careful with that too because if you get a, a strong side-to-side motion, you can literally bounce off the halo and, and get concussed because it's not just the sharp impacts that cause concussion. It's really the brain moving inside the skull, you know, everybody's familiar with shaking baby syndrome. Well, adults can get that too, right? If your head's shaking around, even if it's not hitting anything, you can still get concussed. So, so you have to look at those, you know, different things like that. Every vehicle's different. Every form of motorsport's different. You know, something that they don't use in any other form of motorsport that's pretty popular in off-road is, you know, a suspension seat. And under certain scenarios, in, in a pure G-out situation, you can't beat a, a proper suspension seat. I mean, in t- you take ours, for example, it's 84% reduction in energy. So in terms of preventing spinal injuries and that pure G out scenario, there's, there's nothing better. If you have a hard shell seat and, and you, the frame bottoms on a, on, a, on a dirt or whatever, your body absorbs all that energy. Whatever the cushion is, is going to take that out. But that's it. And the body has to take all that other energy. Now, there are other advantages in hard shell seat. People argue in terms of keeping the, the spine aligned, 
properly in, in an event, like we talked about the containment, right? Uh, things like that. And stress due to, to, to bouncing, there's an effect that's known as a, like a double hit in a suspension seat where you, where you compress, you feel that. When you come back up, you hit the restraints and you feel that. So you're, you're kind of according, you know, like an accordion effect right on the body. And, and over a long haul, that, that can wear on a driver a little bit. So you're seeing a lot of drivers now switch to more of a hard shell seat for that reason. But you have to understand there is a little bit, there is that onset chance that, that you could you know, have a, a spinal injury as a result of compression in that, that one scenario, the pure G-out scenario. So, so those are kind of differences you know, that, that you see. So, Spending some time here with Ben O'Connor, giving us a good look at, at what they look at over the different forms of our dis, di, different disciplines. Can you can you just disciplines? Kick, can you kick me, Michael? Disciplines. Apparently, the needle is stuck. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> disciplines. Different disciplines of motorsports. So it goes. And no, it's not that early in the morning. So we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back on the other side. <laughs> this segment of the Skinny has been brought to you by General Tire. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud, dirt, and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Rhino Classifieds. Tired of all those ads and random stuff that shows up when you're looking to buy or sell your car parts? Rhino Classifieds was created just for you. Welcome to a streamlined buying and selling app created by racers for racers and race fans. Modified cars, classic cars, race cars, that special big block you need. The trailer to move your baby around the country in. We got you at rhino.co. Welcome back to The Skinny. We have Ben O'Connor here from Impact and giving us some really great behind-the-closed-doors-if-you-will behind the look at what they deal with on a daily basis for safety to try and keep our drivers as, and crew members as safe as absolutely possible in this sport that we love. I, I've got to think that when you're watching a racing event, you're looking at it completely different than most of the people. That, that is so true <laughs> because you do everything that you see, you know, every event, anything that happens on track, you're looking at so many different things. And, and then when you hear about rule changes, you know, the same thing, you know, we look at things, I, I believe differently than a lot of people do because we understand the cause and effect of a lot of things. Right. So sometimes you'll see sanctioned bodies will make a rule change. It's like, okay, that's great. You're, you're, you're preventing this, but you're creating another problem. Right. But yeah, when you're watching a race, you're seeing things and, and even little stuff, you're like, Oh yeah, that, that probably hurt. That was. Yeah. <laughs> and not to get sure. too far into the weeds, but the way that at least the Indy cars are made, they're made to dissipate the energy and to break yeah. apart the safer barrier made to absorb energy. Right. What, is the goal for the driver themselves to keep them as stationary as humanly possible? Because you talked about the brain jostling around. Should yeah. the body have a little bit of give to help it absorb the internals? Does that make sense? It, it, what is the goal for the drivers to keep yeah, them as stationary I, as possible? I, I know as I hit the microphone there, what, what is the ultimate goal? Yeah, typically that that's really the goal. You want them to stay as stationary as possible because you always have, there's always an accordion effect with any event. And, and I'll go back to concussions just because it's something we can relate to is, you know, if your helmet hits something, it stops. Your skull moves, it hits the liner of the helmet. Your brain moves and it hits the skull. So you have this cascade of events. So you really want to limit those multiple you know, hits like that. And it goes for a forward event, you know, in terms of restraints and things like that, which is why you want to stay, you know, relatively, relatively tight. Now that said, you know, restraints do stretch and that does help slow down that motion as well, but you don't want them so loose that you slam against the restraint, right? Because now you're, you're going to get injuries from, from that. So you want to be tight, you get them as tight as you can in the natural stretch of the, of the material or the webbing is really going to help slow that motion down. It's kind of like what they do in terms of energy absorption in the, in the chassis and things like that. And Indy cars, as you mentioned, NASCAR, of course, has been doing that for years. And, and of course, the OEMs has been doing it, you know, forever. So I find it fascinating with the helmet. Is it the goal and helmets are constantly evolving and changing with materials, with weight, is the head supposed to be as tight as humanly possible inside the helmet? What is the goal of the padding, the material it's made of, the ultimate goal for the helmet, for the driver and the safety of the head? Yeah, we like to see a, a, a tight helmet. Yeah, there's some drivers, though, again, it gets back to that comfort thing. If, it, if it's painful, obviously, it's too tight and it's going to distract from the driving and you're creating another situation. But in terms of 
purely from a, a, a concussion standpoint or head injury standpoint, I shouldn't say concussions, many different forms, but yeah, you want to limit that motion again to eliminate that, that cascading effect that I talked about. You, you want to wear a pretty darn tight helmet, you know, to the point not where it's hurting, but you know, the tighter, tighter, the better. Yeah. Who does the material development for you? Do you is that an in-house thing where you're constantly looking at different types of plastics, different types of, of materials for the for the yeah. suits, for the restraints? How does that work? So, so it's a collaboration between us and, and our vendor partners, uh, particularly on the suit fabric side, because we, we don't mill our own fabrics, right? But but we do work with a couple uh, manufacturers of the of the fabrics that will come to us, you know, and they're constantly evolving as well. Say, hey, we've got this new fabric. It's lighter, or it breathes better, or the the TPP performance, the the fire performance is you know increased over X, right? Um, so we're looking at that. Helmets somewhat similar, although the helmet development side, at least in our case, because we do all that in house and we manufacture right here in Indianapolis. You know, a lot of like the layup of the shell and all that, in, in the mixture of what. Uh, uh, what fabrics or materials are used that that's all developed by us. You know, that's, that's on us to figure out, okay, we need a little bit of this, this, you know, material here followed by that and a layer of that multiple layers, maybe multiple layers, not throughout the helmet. Maybe it's right. So that, that all comes, comes back on us, but we also depend on our, our vendor partners there too, to come up with, you know, new things, particularly like the, the liners themselves, you know, Hey, we've got a better, you know, better way of manufacturing this so that it's more consistent, maybe something like that, right? Is there a, is there a place that any driver can go online, um, quite possibly your website, I don't know, but you mentioned it before, and I do know that when we set our car up, my son's pretty tall at, at 6'4", so typically does not fit in the normal seat, mm-hmm. and the bars where the, where the straps go on are need to be adjusted mm-hmm. so uh, you know for example the shoulder belts i mean if he sat in any normal car they would go up and around his shoulder be pulling right. down compressing right. instead of more pulling back right and i know there's a there's a preferred angle of that belt it's not straight across there's yeah. a small angle there and then you'd already mentioned that where the hip belt should go is there some place where mom and pop can figure out exactly how they should be strapping in their kids because i feel like it's the most incorrect thing done on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Just because of lack of knowledge more yeah, than anything. Yeah, it is. It's an educational process for sure. Um, you know, on our website, we do have uh, different, very different diagrams. Uh, our catalog also will show, you know, proper mounting and the differences between, say, three inch and two inch and things like that. And, and frankly, programs like this, you know, I've done several of these over the last few years where we're, we're evangelizing the benefits of two inch restraints and, and in other things like cam walks in, in off road and things like that, which they used to do. Right. So, uh, it, it is an educational process for sure. And you're right. A lot of people just, they just don't know, you know, so sometimes you have to take the message to them. You, uh, you mentioned cam locks, of course, um, the rotary style, which we do use in off road now. And, and, Primarily because, by your advice, now the rules in the series that we were in before w- wouldn't allow it, but uh, we have been able to since change over to that. But as we look at the progression of, of safety products, I think the foam has come a long ways. The progressive foam, as it gets denser, as the head is moving back and forth in the containment seats, the cam locks, the, the, the head restraint devices, uh, the belts from 3-inch to 2-inch. Mm-hmm. What, 
what are you guys working on now? What's is there a, is there a big thing around the corner, or is everything just baby steps getting getting better yeah. at, at, a, at a small I, it, rate? It, the industry's come so far; it really is more now. It, it's baby steps, really. You're you're just looking for that little improvement here and there. You know, we're looking at things like like the adjusters on their saints, making sure they're easy to use, so they're easy to tighten to get the driver tighter in the in the cockpit and things like that. Uh, a lot of things related to comfort again. Right, it's one thing to be safe. You also have to be comfortable too. So, uh, things like that. I I can't say there's any aha things in the horizon that way. You know, in terms of that, um, they would just be improvements on existing designs and concepts, really, that I know of. Uh, so, so if there is one out there, it's not going to be from us, unfortunately. <laughs> but <laughs> if somebody's got something out there, better mousetrap or something. You know, it's we'll see. But uh, I think a lot of it's just incremental. All of this. How are things tested? in-house do you take them out of house where where do you test if you have a aha moment if you will yeah how do you test the aha so so there's a couple different things it, it depends on what it is helmets we we test right in house we, we we as we call drop helmets where you literally drop helmet on an anvil and different shape anvils and things like that and you measure the energy forces uh, so that stuff's done in-house right so and and we have we've learned a lot you know doing that over the years you'll, you'll find some improvements that way uh, restraints are, are tested through SFI, SFI laboratories. They've got a place out there in Poway, California, uh, that they do stuff. And then, uh, of course, Snell for, for helmets, right? And Snell, they'll, they'll offer, all of them offer uh, additional service, not just testing for certification, but you can send R&D samples, right, to, to have testing done that way, and then give you feedback that way, so you learn that way. Yeah, so the, because to be able to do all the testing in-house, it would be, be pretty expensive to be able to do that, yeah. Ben O'Connor here with Impact, uh, Vice President of Sales and Marketing. He will be at the PRI show if you have a chance to get there. That'll happen uh, at the beginning of December. Uh, make sure you stop by and talk to him. A wonderful gentleman, as you can tell, just full of information to help you out in whatever your case may be, uh, one way or the other. And we'll gladly spend some time with you. A wonderful company with wonderful product. They've been in the game for a long, long time. Extremely knowledgeable people. We appreciate you taking the time. I know yeah. you're just across town here, not too far away, but yeah. still a very busy man and uh, back and forth to Phoenix. So I'm glad we got you while you were here in Indy. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And again, thanks for having me. Love it. Yeah, pleasure for sure. Yeah. Michael, thanks, buddy. Carl, thanks as always, my friend. Matter of fact, is this Carl's final show? This could be Carl's final could show. Be, yes. Could be Carl's final show. He we we our, might try to work something out here. See he's our him. official crash dummy. <laughs> crash test dummy, Carl. So He's done a wonderful job. <laughs> if it is his final show with us, thanks, man. You've been awesome to work with, and uh, you've given us a great product, so we certainly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show here. I'm Ken Stout. Thanks for watching The Skinny. Thanks for being with us here on The Skinny. This episode has been brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, Dream Giveaway, and General Tire. For the latest in sunglasses, optical frames, accessories, and apparel, be sure to check out fatheads.com. That's fatheads with a Z. Production facilities provided by Fatheads Eyewear Studios. All rights reserved. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.